Hello and welcome to episode 101 of Kaiju Curry House, the fortnightly show that gives you a healthy dose of kaiju goodness every other Monday. I'm Paul Williams, joined today by Connor Baxter, and today we're going to be talking about a whole host of um, of goodies and greatness within the kaiju world. But first of all, Connor, can you tell me what have kaiju been up to? Well, Paul, it's been a very eventful couple of uh, days, um, in particular on the, the Twitter world, but we'll get to that in a second. So firstly... Um, I've been busy working on the uh, the Kaiju uh, the UK Kaiju match as of late um, that uh, Joe teased um, last episode. Um, not going to say what it is, but it is uh, really early stages yet. But um, um, like I mentioned in the previous episodes, um, uh, I am using uh, Blender to sculpt this rather than ZBrush, and uh, I'm starting to really like uh, Blender as a, a piece of software and really. I think um, a lot more kaiju artists need to actually try it out, you know, especially those that uh, want to sculpt uh, monsters in really high detail without having to spend, say, like an arm and a leg on ZBrush. Um, so what's the difference between these two, as someone who knows nothing about sculpting? Well, ZBrush is basically just a sculpting software. So um, I think uh, the best way to put it is it's not really 3D. So it's like... Um, I think it's voxel based. If um, this is probably going to go over your head to say, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, basically, when you're sculpting in ZBrush, it's almost like a two D image that you're carving into, pretty much. Whilst in Blender, Blender is actually a three D modeling software, right? Um, which is used for animation. It's used for uh, real time rendering, texturing, and all that. Basically, all the three D jargon you can think of, pretty much. It's okay. In- it's an all-in-one piece of kits, really, and it's it's free. But um, yeah, so anyone can do it, and uh, yeah, and uh, the other one is uh, I got into a bit of hot water recently on Twitter, um, as as I previously mentioned, with uh, a certain kaiju author called Norman England. Um, basically, um, it started with a thread basically talking about um, thoughts on like CGI being used on tokusatsu films, right? So I basically commented, basically uh, um, saying that uh, submission and motion capture are very much alike, but it's just one is an evolution of the other. And uh, basically, Mr. England, uh, he. Uh, um, got a bit uh, upset, I suppose, at this. He disagreed, did he? He, he disagreed in a very pretentious, uh, pretentious uh, way, and uh, and I think it's it just goes to show that um, sometimes in the kaiju community there can be sort of like elitists at times. You know, like um, it would be fun. I think what bothers me was he didn't say. He disagreed with me, right? He just pretty much um, his response is pretty much like, "No, you're wrong." Pretty much that sort of response. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like if you have an opinion on something, you have to be courteous. I think, you know, and basically explain your point, really. Um, which which is a pity. Uh, I've never read any of Norman England's books, and uh, sure he has. Um, worked on various film sets you know but everyone has the right and opinion and there's i think there's definitely better ways in disagreeing um than just flat out saying you're wrong pretty much yeah the, i mean so the problem with twitter is it's what's it, 140 characters they say i think so it's it's hard for him to get a point across but i know a lot of times it can come across as quite short when people say things because it's the internet and you can just you say what's on your mind and then just leave almost, don't you? So it can rub people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be great to have a debate more on that because he, so he worked with some of the original Godzilla suit actors, didn't he? So he knows that side of things, but I don't, I don't know how involved he is in the motion capture side of things. That's true. So he, yeah. he might, he, I guess he has one side of the story and so he's, yeah, siding with that. I mean, to me at least, the whole motion capture debate is 
it's essentially a man in a suit, if you think about it. It's a man in a suit that brings a creature or character to life, just like the uh, tokusatsu effects of old. That's the way that I put it. It's just like an evolution of that. Um, and, you know, that's all I can say about that, really, yeah, at this moment in time. But, uh, yeah. Um, it's, it's difficult because I think... I. Th I think it is different in the fact that in that suit acting is different because you can't probably see very you've got low visibility and yet you've mm -hmm. got to if you're destroying a city or having a battle you've got to know how to walk where to walk you've probably got your hot you've got this heavy suit on i remember um, when we had uh tim on talking about dinosaurs that they mm -hmm. wore these huge animatronic heads and, you know, it was very painful for them. And they had someone controlling, like, the eyes and the mouth remotely. And so it's it was such a, a challenge for them to try and act, you know, or do things in that. Whereas motion capture gives them a lot more freedom. But it also means they've got to... They capture the facial animation, so they can... They've really got to act both facially and with movement like a creature to make it mm. seem realistic so there's they're the same but also different and it would be great to have someone that's done both to tell us you know the you know, the pros and cons of both yeah if we, if we can get a professional on just sell this once and for all you know really but <laughs> oh, well we've, we, I mean, we've had a host of motion capture actors on but i don't think we've had any suit actors on so that's true i um, think that's some that's our next job isn't it we need to track down someone who's wore a suit and can tell us just how difficult it is. Mm -hmm. um, I would say the guy that plays M11 in God's Over Oh, um, Scott Field, isn't it? Robert Scott Field. Robert Scott Field, that's it. Yeah, he, uh, I believe he was Ultraman in a, a series. I might be wrong. But, okay. um, yeah. Um, I might be completely wrong, folks. So, <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> um this is just uh something that i heard at least but uh um i'm sure that he would probably um be an interesting guest um but um yeah um but anyways uh paul what have kind you been up to um i haven't been up to a, a huge amount but I'll, I'll tell you what i've been up to and um and we'll just go there so i tried to watch the sea beast all right. Because Joe, you know, was was raving on about how great it was. So I stuck it on with the kids thinking, OK, I'll, I'll watch it with the kids because I don't think I'm the target audience. I think it is it's skewed towards the younger. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, that's what I would say. Um, my eldest, who's 11, did not care at all. He, you know, he was just like, nah, nah no. not for me. Um, my youngest, um, who's four, he was in and out of it. Some bits he was you know intensely watching other bits he wasn't so much and he got 30 minutes into it and then he left the room oh dear um so i mean it it wasn't terrible by any means because he did enjoy parts of it but it i don't know it didn't seem to grip the youngest but it also didn't appeal to the eldest and then i couldn't be bothered to watch it on my own um it didn't seem bad anyway but it didn't stand out as this amazing film that i should be watching so I don't my, know, maybe I'll go back to it, but yeah, like my opinion on it was because I, I saw it um, uh, recently as well, and uh, I like the the style of some of the character designs. I really like that. Uh, like it's not really like Pixar esque some of the, the okay. character designs. Um, like it has a unique style. Like um, the same with the other like sea monsters, right? Um, I will say the the big the the main one red, um, I felt was very much like the dragons in How to Train Your Dragon in terms of like the design I suppose of like it's like a very um, carved sort of like features and all that and it kind of came across as derivative a bit to that design but okay. never nevertheless um, the um, another thing to point out was Carl Urban. As the uh, the main character, I forget what his name is. Um, the the thing is, um, if you watch the boys, you can only <laughs> oh, just of course. 
<laughs> you can only just think of Billy Butcher every time he speaks. So it's just... <laughs> Oh. It's like this this family friendly kids movie, and they just associate it with like, oh god, <laughs> oh dear. But uh, yeah, um, actually, did you did you see the trailer for the uh, there's what uh, film coming to Netflix? It's about giant robots fighting in Japan. I think I'm not sure what it is. Um, about robots, what just fighting each other, or? I think the idea is like they're supposed to be brothers or something, or like one's like a, a newer model and one's like an older model. I think. Um, I have not seen that at all. No. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting concept. You know, it's like I'm all for more like CG sort of like giant monster movies, but you know, uh, I don't know because I know that these movies are not aimed to me towards me. So you know, I'm like <laughs> a twenty eight year old. But, uh, <laughs> um sorry um yeah so who knows okay no I, I haven't seen that one um i found out that um dawn of the monsters has a comic it's just this it's just a small six page comic book um but they said it'll be included with each copy of the game um that is being sold through limited run yep so i, I pre-ordered mine whenever they opened up the pre-orders back in march i want to say and i'm sure they'll release a limited amount when it actually gets released in I'm gonna say October time because they said about six months for it to be mm -hmm. produced. So I'm looking forward to getting a you know bonus comic because I didn't I wasn't expecting that. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um I've been playing the game Death Stranding, which oh, yeah. isn't really kind of related at all, apart yeah. from there I there's like this I want to say it's like a whale or something. I don't know there's some really weird black creature with like tentacles coming out you can't really see it's just so black um and the like the sea is black but i was climbing up a building and it was pulling down the buildings as i was throwing grenades at it it looked pretty cool and it's an awesome game mm -hmm. so far i'm loving it so yeah it's, i do remember when death stranding first came out on the uh, ps4 and i did have that um and uh it was I played it for a bit and kind of gave up, I suppose. Maybe I just quit too early, you know, but uh, yeah. Um, okay, it's like, now, not, not it's not free to play, but it's in the, the new revamp PS Plus yeah. thing. And I'm, I'm playing it on PS5 and yeah, I, I thought, oh, so you just walk around? But I am when the when the, the, the PTs, from the, this, I don't know, you know, they're not creatures, are they? They're, they're just giant people or something from the other side and you just see their footsteps appear in the ground and all the flowers around you start to die and, and you can hold your breath it's pretty intense and i could imagine that being with a creature i would love to see kojima do that that type of gameplay but with some giant invisible beast i think that'd be pretty damn cool i would love to see kojima actually make a movie <laughs> oh yeah yeah i mean he probably does yeah it's amazing oh, to see because yeah because it's got um del toro and norman breeders and madison nichols so it's you know it's just wow look at all these names in it now i might be wrong but isn't there four hours worth of cutscenes in that game i might be wrong but uh... um i wouldn't be surprised for kojima game I, mm. I remember playing metal gear solid 4 and i think one cutscene was about 30 minutes long on its own yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Oh, they could man. be, and he did, yeah, in Metal Gear Solid 4, I know, not, not Kaiju, but there were the two mechs. We had Metal Gear Rex and Metal Gear Ray, and Ray is basically a, like a sea serpent type robot, and there's mm -hmm. this big battle between the two of them. And so again, Kojima could easily direct a Mecha versus Kaiju game, a movie, sorry, and I know he saw um, Shin Godzilla twice at the cinema, so I know he's a Kaiju fan. Oh yeah, have you ever played Metal Gear Solid 3? Um... Yes, yes, thank you, yeah. Yes. Um, that also has a, a very obvious, like, kaiju reference near the start, if you save, uh, where a paramedic uh, tells Snake, like, she asks Snake if uh, he's seen Godzilla, which, <laughs> uh, in the context of the game, Godzilla is practically a brand new movie at the time. <laughs> so, you know. Hey, of course, yeah, because that's set in, was that set in the 50s, that one? I think it's the 60s um okay. but uh yeah um i'm not sure i need to play sneaky yeah no, i haven't played that in such a long time but it's yeah. such a good game but um 
Oh, but man. he loves throwing pop culture references at anywhere. So yeah, that's mm. that's what I want to see. I want to see a Kojima kaiju movie. There was a um, there was a thing with uh, Conan O'Brien, who of course was like an American like talk show host, yeah. and uh, um, you can watch on YouTube. He goes to uh, I believe it's Kojima Productions for like uh, promoting Death Stranding, I think at the time, and uh, Kojima's got like. Like a glass cabinet just full of collectibles, yeah. just in his office. And He's a one massive of, geek, isn't he? And one of them is the uh, beta capsule from Ultraman, and oh, Ult- okay. and basically it's the device that um, Shin Hayata in Ultraman uses to transform into Ultraman. So you know, just and uh, I think if I remember correctly, Conan O'Brien says it looks like something else that I can't mention. But, so. <laughs> 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 Oh dear. Um, and other than that, I I've been starting to read. I've been reading for quite a while, but I'm actually getting building up some pace now. I'm reading the Relic. Oh yeah. Because me and me and Joe watched the film, and then we had the debate, and he was saying how much better the book was, and how the film was different because it cuts out, you know, scenes and characters. So it's really interesting to read the book after seeing the film. And I now the problem is I picture the characters how they were in the film. Which is probably not quite right because I think they are different in the book, but you know. Yeah, that that happens with me sometimes if I read a see a film first before reading a book. You know, it's kind of hard to uh, you know disassociate the film with the book. You know, but, yeah, uh, yeah. But, but I'm enjoying it, and I look forward to seeing you know how it differs. I'll I'll give my report when probably take me a month or two to read it. But when I get there, I'll definitely talk about it. Um, right now I have. I've had a couple of kaiju conversations mm-hmm. and there has been some news and like releases and stuff. Do you want to go into kaiju conversations? Um, yes. Yeah, some news? It. Yeah, okay. Because I do have a question for you. Oh. Yeah. So, um, Tom Tyler has written in with a couple of questions. Um, I'll say one's for me and one's for you because one's about Prey, which you haven't seen yet. Um, and one is specifically aimed at you, and it says, um, what got you into Ultraman? And how do you think that the Netflix take on Ultraman compares to the older style version of Ultraman? Okay, so um, I got into Ultraman by chance because um, I saw the DVD one time. And I'm like, okay, I'll buy that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so this is just an impulse buy, was it, in the shop or something? It legitimately was like an impulse buy. Um, um, fun fact about that uh, DVD is, even though it was released technically, it was technically uh, an illegal release because there was a there was a legal dispute with a company called Chayo and Subaraya, right? And Subaraya is the original creators of Ultraman, and Chayo somehow weaseled themselves to allegedly get the international rights to, uh, was it, five of the Ultra shows? And uh, basically, in the end, the court found that Chayo had no legal right whatsoever to <laughs> release these uh, releases. Oh, and uh, so that was my first experience with the Ultra series. Um, but after that, once Mill Creek started releasing the official Ultraman Blu-rays with the nicer quality prints and all that because uh um these were filmed on film mind you and they look uh, fantastic on blu-ray um uh that's when i really started getting to ultraman and uh, yeah i've been a, a fan ever since and as for my opinion on the ultraman anime that's on netflix it's poop i don't like it <laughs> wow okay that was um it's poop uh, yeah. okay yeah. Um, well, the, the reason being is, it's like, so it's a sequel to the 1966 original series, right? Is it? I have, I say I have no idea. Right. So basically it ignores all the other Ultra series from like the 60s and 70s onwards. Um, and uh, basically it's dark and depressing and uh, everyone's miserable in the show. And, you know, it's just, you go from this happy-go-lucky uh like show about a, a guy that turns into a giant to um, this really dark, depressing show, and there's no kaiju in it whatsoever, or the kaiju are human sized or roughly around human size. There's no giant monsters, um, except from like the last episode of the second season where 
they introduce uh, King Joe, who is a, a, a staple of the Ultraman series, and they take him out in like one shot, you know, and it's just like, mm. um, okay. So I've and, only seen the first season of the Netflix show, and I yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, but then I haven't seen any of the live action Ultraman, so I can't really comment on how it compares. Let's see, uh, giant humanoid that transforms, or guy in the mech suit. <laughs> you choose. Well, you say that, but <laughs> it's like because I. I watched um, Giver. That was like the first <laughs> anime I watched, and it might, that was also by chance. Like you, I just happened to find it in a Woolworths, um, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll give that a show. That looks cool. It's a, it's a cartoon, and it's rated 15. Yeah, go for it." I've um, never seen the the film, the Giver. Okay, the yeah, there's, there's a there's a whole anime, um, and that's just a, a school kid who comes across some armor that lets him fight monsters, and they're all people size. So watching Ultraman, it was almost like that, I guess. And but, I but that's the thing. That. That's the thing, though. It's like Ultraman is already a pre-established brand. I, yeah, yeah, but I, I suppose watching it, I completely forgot that he he grew big because, as you say, it's not <laughs> in it's not in the cartoon. And it, yeah, it was no. Oh dear. There's actually uh, another Netflix Ultraman coming out soon. It's made by um, an American studio, I believe. It's. Uh, it's, I believe it's like a fully animated feature film, which is like, I don't know if it's going to be like a reboot. Like, it's just ignoring the other stuff. So, also... Oh, okay. That's an interesting choice. You think they'll mm. just carry on with what they've already got? Yeah. They, uh, they've they only got like, maybe like one teaser poster, which shows Ultraman. And he's basically, they're using the, his 1960s design. For yes, it, so. I did see that poster. Mm. And I had no idea. I yeah. assumed it was for the new film to be honest when i saw it i think it was the shin ultraman oh man yeah well speaking of which shin ultraman um i hear that's now getting an international release yes it is so yeah. we'll be coming to europe and to america so we should i say we should be able to see it at the cinemas but i have heard today that Cineworld's closing down or is at least filing for bankruptcy so we might not be able to see it at cinemas but it, it'll probably get a streaming release to be fair Cineworld seats are not accountable so i'm not too <laughs> i'm not I'm being very savage tonight, I've noticed. Oh, I mean, that's because there's, there's like a hundred cinemas. I know they're not doing great, but mm. that's an awful lot just to go. So I ho I'm hoping they stay or at least keep a keep a handful and I have it for some releases because I mean, it's, it's a nice experience, the cinema. Just not very often, especially not with the cost of living crisis going on at the moment. That's true. Yeah. I think as well, uh, streaming services are also to blame for the death of cinema, Absolutely. if that's the case. Yeah, because I don't know, it's just, I think, this is probably topical, but um, I think when COVID happened and everyone was basically stuck at home, not going to the cinemas and all that, um, I think stuff like Netflix or Amazon Prime just basically became very convenient, pretty much. Like, yeah. there's no need to go out and buy expensive popcorn and all that but um but uh yes anyways <laughs> anyways okay the second the second part of um of tom's question was doo -doo 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 -doo, what was it now <laughs> uh there it was um so pray which again you haven't seen uh he really enjoyed it he said it was it was pretty flawless and true to what the predator franchise is about but if we could change one thing and one thing only about Prey, what would it be? The now, CGI I know you've got an answer. Yeah, so you've got an answer to that already without even seeing the film. Yes, from the, from the clips that I have seen. Um, sorry, this is your question. You should answer first. Well, no, it's, it's it, I mean, I've seen the film and I don't really have any complaints about it. I enjoyed it. I suppose <laughs> I, the one thing I, I would say you could add, but at the same time, I liked it about the film would be the fact there's no real story for the Predator. It's just you see a Predator get dropped off on the planet and have a, have a fight. Well, yeah, all the other Predator films have kind of slowly added some lore into it, whereas this one was just a complete standalone, which works, mm. I think. I think it helped the film, but it's just, yeah, I'd just like to know a bit more about the Predator, so... It does sound very similar to the first film. Where it is very much like the first. So it, I mean, it would be... You could you could certainly say this would be the first Predator film, but they do show off the Predator quite early, mm -hmm. and I think that's disappointing because if this was, and I think will be, 
the first introduction to a lot of people, they really should have built a bit more suspense about what he looks like. At the at the same time, it's the fifth film in the franchise. It is, it is, but there's always new audiences, and because it's on Disney Plus, people might think, "Oh, it's not even called Predator, is it?" You know, that's almost like the way it's like this is a reboot, and if you like it, hey, there's lots of other films you could watch. Yeah, um, I will say as well. Um, I was about to say my gripe, but I haven't even seen it. And I really have a gripe with it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, the clips that I've seen that uh, show off the Predator's design, right? Now, I am I can be a grumpy sod at times, and I'll just say that um, um, I didn't like the design of the Predator's face when I saw it, you know, because okay. I feel like in every film, the Predator design has gotten worse and worse, I think. Um, I don't know what it is that it just seems off, you know, and uh, but now I'm kind of like okay, maybe the design's not too bad. You know, the the new Predator design, especially the behind the scenes footage, which shows the uh, you know like this really cool animatronic mask that they made. You know, and it's like all the the mandibles move on their own and all that. You know, it's like oh wow, this looks like a real creature. So please tell me, why did they replace the face with CGI? <laughs> they obviously weren't happy with the animatronic version and thought let's CGI it up I'd have to see the two side by side to compare I thought it was strange when I first thought well that's a different face the, but the... I mean it, as we, we we said previously the Predator evolves because as we found out in The Predator they're hunting oh, and they're changing their DNA to become better hunters that's why it's different that's, in each, uh, each one tough. That film was an experience seeing it. <laughs> I, I I had fun with that film. I have fun with all the Predator films, to be fair. So oh, I know man. it's it's big, dumb, and and a little bit of cheese thrown in, but it also threw in a lot of lore. And um, yeah, I'll watch it again. Mm. It's um, I will say if um, the CGI in the Predator's face reminds me a lot of uh, the Thing from two thousand and eleven, um, where. Um, the uh, studio ADI did the special effects for the the uh, prequel to the thing, and uh, if you look at the effects on Studio ADI's YouTube channel, it's like amazing. Like wow, they really uh, went basically one hundred percent with these practical effects, and they've replaced it all with CGI. It's just Ugh. yeah, and it's like even like the uh, the pilot, like basically the. Uh, the pilot thing at the end, basically the main big thing or something like that. Yeah. It is a completely different design. They use a completely different design for the puppets compared to what they used in the film, which I think in the film, if I remember correctly, they used a CGI version of someone's face, like a human's face on the creature. And it just looks, mm, doesn't look great. <laughs> it's like, um, I know that the thing is supposed to be like very uncanny, like the uncanny valley, but there's uncanny valley and then there's just bad CGI. <laughs> oh, I can't remember the film that well, but yeah. What's interesting is again. when they released the 4K version of John Carpenter's The Thing, they actually bundled it, the, the prequel thing, as like an extra. You know. Oh, okay. So, so if, that. yeah. Well, it's like it's like you have a nice dinner, and then it's like <laughs> some outdated food. <laughs> uh, That's one way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one one more thing, not not so much a kaiju conversation, but a kaiju comment. Um, I had a message from M regarding episode one hundred, mm. and she decided to celebrate episode one hundred with us by making a bit of a game. Oh. out of it so she watched she watched episode 100 on on youtube which is you know always nice to hear and she would have a a, a sip of lemonade um every time a certain key word came up such as kaiju or godzilla right and i think she said she lasted about 15 minutes and then had to stop playing the game oh god <laughs> But it's great to hear that our audience are, you know, having fun well, and, that, and enjoying the show in different ways. So, Well, like, that gives us ideas for episode 200 every time <laughs> Kaiju and Godzilla is mentioned. 
yeah, yeah. We should, we should definitely make up our own game. Oh. If I do curry house play along. But on that note, I think we'll have a quick break um, and then come back for a bit more of a discussion. Welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. This is episode 101. I'm Connor, that's Paul, and uh, I, I believe that a certain film has came out in Thailand, Paul. Yes, yeah, apparently The Lake, uh, released in Thai cinemas on the 18th of August. So, yeah. Very, very recently, a bit. I, I saw a tweet with someone saying it wasn't doing great, but oh no, that's, but I mean, that's that's Twitter, that's the internet, and that's you know, when it hasn't really been out, so that's yeah, it could just be someone having a whinge. I, I no. don't know. Um, I did have a quick look online about the film because I'd seen I'd seen the uh, the poster of a, a lake and a creature's back, and so I assumed that this was going to be probably a, a creature in a lake and it wasn't going to be a very big creature and maybe there'll be some people out in a boat and it'd, it'd be that you wouldn't see the monster until perhaps back right at the end but then i saw the trailer and no this is a this is a monster standing on its on its legs destroying the city it seems very obviously run the mill but it's it seems like a standard monster film and i thought it's more of a kind of jaws horror type film so mm. I, I don't know if that's better or worse but I still want to see it. Yeah. Um, from what I've seen the trailer, it actually looks... I'm going to be honest with you. When I heard that the synopsis about the film, or basically the rundown, I didn't think it was going to look that great. But um, no, color me surprised. You know, it actually looks like a fairly decent-looking kaiju film. Um, Ringing but, there. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, now, I imagine, now I mentioned it, that you thought it was going to be a small creature. I kind of wish it was like the slime beast, but <laughs> oh dear. Um, well, you know, I saw a, a quote um, from the director, Lee Thonkham, probably mm. that's wrong. Um, and he said, this movie will bring back the nostalgia of when we first loved the original monster movies with animatronics and puppets. But the most exciting thing about this movie is watching this monster movie with 40% CGI. Ooh. So we're going to say, so it's 60% practical, 40% CGI. Um, you will feel the real and spectacular scope and scale from Thai cinema. The realness of the monster's stomps, the realness of the monster's roar, and so forth. This monster genre has been used in so many territories, but what makes our monster stand out from the rest is that it is real and it has a unique ability which we can't give out the main plot point but rest assured there'll be a reason why we chose to use animatronic giant monsters in this story i think the main plot point is uh, a monster attacks to say well that's what i thought <laughs> but it's got a unique ability and that's going to show why they chose animatronics over cgi so i'm intrigued Let's, yep. let's see i mean I'm, i know i'm gonna watch it anyway you know but i'm just i am now more curious about what can't what can't they do with cgi that they can do with practical effects because it's always question. the other way around um now so i'm actually trying to think of something yes, there, there, there is apart from the fact as you said it's more real so mm. if they're using an animatronic 60 percent of the time that we know it's going to be a bit more real. Well, it might not be real looking. We don't know. I don't know what the budget's like, but hopefully it'll be like Jurassic Park, where it's the perfect blend of CGI and mm. puppetry to, to give that, yeah, that sense of realism. Yeah. Um, which I will say uh, that original Jurassic Park film has aged surprisingly well in terms of like, <laughs> it has because of it. Yeah. It's um, what, nearly 30 years old now. Oh yeah, definitely. And yeah. yeah, it's still amazingly good. Yeah, it's a pity about the the sequels that I don't oh, know. What the... do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Did you not see Jurassic Park three? Blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, those original three Jurassic Park films do tend to blend uh, uh, CGI with uh, puppets quite well. Yeah. But, uh, they did kind of get lazy of it with the Jurassic World films. Like I know in Dominion they did use a lot more puppets, but uh, eh. <laughs> the, 
<laughs> the dinosaurs still don't look as good, I don't think. Like what's uh, in the originals? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, well, I'm looking. For, I haven't seen Dominion yet, but I, I will be seeing it um, in a few weeks with a friend. I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. It'll be like the end end of an era. I'd cry a tear of sadness, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, while we're talking about Jurassic Park, we're going to take a segue. Um, Godzilla vs Kong has been nominated for a Saturn Award of um, Best Sci-Fi Film. Mm. And I believe the other films, according to Google anyway, um, for this category are Nope, The Jurassic World Dominion, Free Guy, Dune, and Crimes of the Future. So one of them is going to win Best Sci-Fi Film. Now, I don't know if that's based on the story or the effects or, or you know, what the criteria is. I can't. Unless it's effects, I can't see Godzilla vs. Kong winning. To be fair, Godzilla vs. Kong is the only one that I've actually seen off of that list as well. So, um... well, I've seen Free Guy, and that that was it was good fun. Um, I've mm. seen Dune, and I know it got a lot of hype. I just didn't care for it. And Nope looks great, but I mean that's like a that's like a horror, isn't it? It's about aliens. It's and it it just doesn't look like. It, it, it couldn't compete against Jurassic World and Godzilla vs Kong for effects, mm. or, or Doom for that matter. So I don't, I don't know what their criteria is, but they've just obviously done a bunch of sci-fi films and just said, "Hey, June, June's another film I still need to see at some point." Um, I've seen the original June, uh, okay, the one, yeah, yeah that's a, a very fun, confusing film, and uh, I attempted to read the book a while back. Keyword being attempted to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I gave up uh, just like like a chapter and pretty much like Is it uh, quite a big book. Yeah, it's about that thick. All oh, uh, right, okay. Like, yeah, and there are sequels to June as well. So basically, uh, I don't think the sequels are the, as long as the first book for some reason. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. All the June fans are going to come after me in a second. But um, well, I know this new film. It, it, you know, it's only the first part of it. Mm. And it was quite a long film. I, it feels like Lord of the Rings all over again, where it's kind of setting the scene for the greater things to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely on my list, I'll say that, to, of films to see. Um, maybe, just maybe, I'll finally understand the plot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But hey, uh, giant sandworms. I, I like me some giant sandworms. So who yeah. doesn't like giant sandworms? Yeah. You know, uh, or, or smallish sandworms. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, right. Um, are you a fan of Godzilla versus Destroyer? Yes, I am, Paul. You are. Are, you a, are you a fan of Godzilla versus Destroyer? <laughs> I remember enjoying the film, but I haven't. I, I'm trying to think if I've seen it more than once. <laughs> that, so I don't know if I'm a big fan of it, but I do own it. And I should probably watch it again. I think I own it on US DVD, so I can only watch it on my region free player. That's true. Oh, the joys. You know, like, yeah, yeah. good old Sony and the region locked uh, Blu rays. Exactly. Um, But Cavity Colours, who are a a brand who seems to make clothing, um, they've recently announced or released, I saw a a tweet the other day about it. uh, There's a number of t shirts that have like Godzilla and Destroyer artwork on, and they did look pretty cool. So if you're a Godzilla fan, then have a search online for Cavity Colours and get yourself some new clothing. Unfortunately, I don't think they have a t-shirt which depicts Godzilla melting into a puddle of mush, but... Um, no, I think there's one of like, Godzilla's face. <laughs> it's like that suit's face with some lightning around it, and then it's the Destroyer work that looked better, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Destroyer's a pretty cool-looking kaiju. That being said... Um... A little thing about Godzilla's Destroyer, it probably has some of the best special effects in the uh, Heisei era, I think, uh, in my opinion. Like, and Because uh, the thing I've noticed with the Heisei era is um, it starts out good, but somehow the effects start to get a bit lazier because the suits are much heavier, um, which is why you got all the beam spanning. So basically, you know, like the... Um, they would only just shoot laser beams at each other. They wouldn't really like run towards each other or try and whack each other. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, 
one of the two there's two cool effects in versus destroyer and then both involves godzilla one is where the 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 the, the uh, military freezes them like uh I actually don't know how they did that effect if they just morphed um, just different uh, stills of Godzilla to make it look like the face is like freezing, but it's a really, a really decent effect. And of course, the uh, the aforementioned uh, melting scene, I suppose, is also pretty well done, I think. But um, yeah, um, which again, I don't know how they did that. If If my guess is... This is just a guess that the Godzilla was made of wax and they put a skeleton inside the wax mold. Okay, yeah. And melted it. That's my only logical uh, thought of how they've done it. I might be wrong, you know, but uh, I don't know. Go on to Toho Kingdom's forums. They'll probably tell me. Say someone will know. Yeah. They'll probably tell me and start shouting and swearing. But... <laughs> oh, dear. Shots, um News-wise, really strangely, the Australian government has revealed the plotline for the Godzilla vs. Kong sequel. Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I'm very excited to hear this. Yeah? Okay, so... You ready? Yes. Um, we've got Kong, and mm -hmm. he is going to be defending the Earth from the unusual and dangerous creatures that threaten his new home. That's all they've said. Amazing. I can't, I'm buying tickets first day. But it's so, I mean, they say Godzilla vs. Kong sequel, but it might not even have Godzilla in it. This no. Could just, this could be more of a back to Skull Island. You know, it's, this is going to be Kong. If it's his new home, he's going to be in whatever it's called, Hollow Earth. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be a Kong centric film. He's probably, I'm guessing that the family, they're now in the research station, aren't they, down there? He'll probably have to protect them a bit. Hmm. Maybe they can help Kong because Kong always struggled. Uh, not to hate to say it, he did struggle a lot, and the military had to step in a few times to help him. So it could be, you know, that dynamic again. I will say I really liked Kong's Skull Island when that came out. I think that's probably next to King of the Monsters, my favorite um, MonsterVerse film so far, at least you know. Um, but Godzilla versus Kong. Mm, I don't know. That's my th my opinion on Godzilla vs. Kong. You know, um, we'll see. I guess you know, like um, I suppose it is nice that Godzilla's not in it. If Godzilla, well, is yeah, in we, it, we but... don't know. If, I mean, they say Godzilla vs. Kong sequel, but as we know, it's really just the monster. The next film in the MonsterVerse, I think, yeah. is, is is what it is. And I don't. If anything, perhaps it'll be at the end, or there'll be. A brief glimpse but i think they're going to focus more on the human side and their yeah. relationship with kong and the whole hollow earth they don't they don't need godzilla really for this true yeah they can, they can show some they can even show the titans that came in godzilla king of the monsters perhaps we can see some of them or they can just be completely new yeah um, hollow earth creatures to, to explore well that's the thing like the monster verse could continue um onwards even if they stopped using Godzilla because it's just of all the different creatures they introduced uh, plus Legendary owning the rights to their version of Kong as well so they could easily just do just Kong sequels really. Yeah, yeah. I mean I, how did you feel about the humans in Godzilla vs Kong? Were they too flat for you or were they interesting enough or? Um... Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah. Uh the humans in Godzilla versus Kong um are very underdeveloped, I'll just say that. No, that's a that's a very honest answer. Like um, So maybe they can develop them more yeah. in this next film. Yeah, here's hoping. Um I think like, you know, actually it was funny. Um I was in Waterstones the other day and uh, the novelization for Godzilla versus Kong is still available to buy, surprisingly. Okay. Yeah. I was tempted. No, I didn't buy it. <laughs> yeah, you've got enough books. We know that. Yeah. But I have heard that it does... It is, like... Uh, my guess is it was based on, like, an early draft of the script, or perhaps, you know. Or... Because it has, like, more scenes with, like, character development and, like, and all that in it. Especially the uh, 
the character of Ren Serizawa, apparently. Like, um, oh, okay. Who, oh, yes, that that, be, that, that, be, that would be good because yeah, there was wasn't really much in the film. Yeah, what does he do? He appears for one scene. He's he gets strapped into Mechagodzilla and he gets uh, his brain cooked. That's yeah, about it. that's pretty much it. It's, it felt like quite a waste. Yeah. Oh man, I I actually almost forgot he was in it. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Contributed so much. Like, what's his relationship with Doctor Sarasala? Like, um, oh, yeah, no, that, that is a shame. As you say, there, there, there could have been some good characters, but they focused on the, I guess, on the monster battles. That's what people hmm. were there for. But yeah, that's not to say you can't have some good characters, and they did have some. That just... you know, what's, you know, what's funny is that. Um, the bad guys, and it kind of reminds me of King Kong Escapes somehow, like these really <laughs> cheesy... The Yeah, the bad guys were... Stereotypical bad too... guys. Oh, yeah. But King Kong Escapes, I think, has more charm, I think, because uh, <laughs> the bad guys are actually uh, likeable. Uh, Doctor Who. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, it was... Um, yeah. I, I enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Um, it was G- Gia, wasn't it? The girl. Gia was the girl. Yeah. Yeah. So like her, her and her mum. Well, not mum, but. Well, that's actually another aspect that I actually liked about the film as well was uh, the whole idea of uh, Kong communicating with yeah. this uh, little girl, um, or this uh, this little island girl, and uh, you know. I kind of wish that was more elaborated on because I think that's the more interesting story. I think that's it. That's um, what I'm hoping that that's that's the relationship they'll build upon in this new film. Yeah, that's right. Because that was the strongest human like character in in, in the you know in Godzilla Kong. So we want we want them to have that as a good foundation, build upon it. Let's forget about the baddies. We don't need an evil organization. We can just have Kong and his new family in his new home. Fighting, fighting to survive, or yeah. you know, make it make it comfortable for all to live. Just, just make it a fun adventure of just these weird creatures in the hollow earth. That's all into yeah. Do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We can hope yeah. for that. But right, um, I think we're done for the night. So, Connor, if nothing else, if uh, if nothing else, try Blender uh, to do some sculpting. And also, um, if you can, uh, pick up a certain book that I've been reading. It is the uh, Selected Short Stories of Ray Bradbury. Uh, you can buy it on uh, on uh, Amazon. Um, it's, uh, I believe it's by, uh, I believe it's under the Everyman imprint. Uh, it just has a collection of, like, all of Ray Bradbury's best short stories, including the Foghorn, which was the inspiration for The Beast of 20,000 Fathoms, and uh, The Sound of Thunder, which has uh, also got made into a film, but uh, that film's not that good. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, just well, been, I've just been negative this whole podcast. <laughs> you have, yes, absolutely. Oh. Um, yeah, because you've been reading a lot of short stories, haven't you, recently? Your, your pulpy... Yeah, books, and I I want to find more. Well, I want to find some of them. I'm gonna see if I can get them on Kindle, nice and cheap. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, short stories are just like you know, like I don't know. Like sometimes you just don't have time to read like long long books, so just like a short story will do. But uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, Paul, if nothing else. Uh, well, I'm gonna say we're thinking about bringing back a long time ago the, like a, a kaiju movie club where I'll put a post on the Facebook group to say, hey, what, what film should we chat about? I'll put some suggestions down and you guys can put whatever you fancy. And then in a month or so, whenever we've watched it, we can all discuss it because I think that'd be great to have the community suggesting films that they think we'll like or you know that they really like and just want to hear our opinions because I know I don't have a lot of friends that I would speak to about kaiju films, except obviously here on the podcast. And so I imagine there's probably a lot of other people who are like, sure, I really like this fandom, but I don't have anyone to chat to. So let's let's do it on here. Let's make this a forum for us to suggest and, and chat about monster movies. So if you've got any that you you want us to see or that you're just curious curious about and think, hey, I'll, I'll put it down there and suggest it for others to watch, 
um pop that in the kaiju curry house facebook group i'll be doing a post by the time this is live um other than that i saw a um a video on the godzilla youtube channel literally mm -hmm. literally last week it's just just come out it's a great youtube channel by the way they do these short little videos about godzilla and stuff and it's it's the american toho that do it and they tell you how to buy products from the official godzilla store in japan so it's just like a, a three minute video that just walks you through the steps of going to the godzilla website and how to get it delivered outside of japan which previously i don't think they did but now they've set up something that no, allows you to it's... order it it's practically just been impossible for the most part, unless you're yeah. going to like a third-party source for the most part. Um, That's it. Well, I'm guessing now Toho, because it's it's on the official Toho channel, so I think they partnered with one of those like web forwarding companies so that I you can it... now order directly from Toho, but someone then purchased it on your behalf to get it sent to you. It's mm. just it's just great that they're now, they're not gatekeeping in their house saying, hey, you know, come on, buy, buy our products. That's right, uh, UK listeners. Now you can buy your own pink header, but <laughs> I'm sure it'll cost. And I, you know, I dread how much it's going to cost, but you you can do it. That's it's worth every penny. It's for right... you know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh well, yeah. So I'm going to see what's on there. Uh, have a look because there's always something that you see. You think, oh, I wish I could get that. And no, I actually can. It's just because no, we're going. Oh, I wish I could afford that. <laughs> Just past, past the problem. Anyway, Connor, thank you very much. Um, today we have gone through a lot of awesomeness on episode 101, and we'll see you in two weeks for episode 102. So, woohoo! Yeah, woo <laughs> so, so, until next time, folks, keep it kaiju. Keep it kaiju. Oh god, I'm going full rant today. <laughs> yeah, so oh, oh man, I'm this not is happy. The, this is episode 101, the spicy <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs>